Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. We're going to dive into it. Who's loved our Refresh series? Who's loved what God's been doing over this time? You know, my prayer has been that, that our heart as a church is leaning into God. We're, we're, we're seeking His face. We're desiring God over this whole series of Refresh, not just because of the month, but because of a life change. We want to we wanna make sure that we're doing this. We're creating great habits of leaning into God, of worship, of prayer. We want to create a lifestyle that's digging into God in surrender to who He is. How many know we want to chase after God? Not just because of what God can give to us, because He has all the blessings, but it's all because we chase after, because we want God. We want relationship with God. That is what God wants from us, and that's what we need to desire after God as well. Now, I'm going to talk about a king by the name of Josiah in the Bible. And uh, I love if you could turn with me uh, to 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 2 to 3. Now, we take it here that King Josiah uh, has inherited a kingdom, uh, the kingdom of Judah. Now, when you, when you look at the history of First and Second Kings, uh, Israel was split into two kingdoms. There was the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. Now, uh, Josiah uh, inherited the kingdom. Now, his father and his grandfather, neither of them served God. They were pretty much, you know, what we would consider an atheist. They didn't follow after God in any way. They worshipped every other God under the sun, and, uh, and they didn't really go after God. Now, Josiah inherited the kingdom at eight years of age. Now, I named my son after this man. Uh, The name Josiah means fire of the Lord. And uh, God actually spoke to me in a dream to call my son Josiah. And uh, now Josiah, in three weeks' time, will actually be eight years old. And uh, and I, I look at this and I think, imagine if my Josiah was inheriting a kingdom. I'm thinking, man, it, it, was, it was like, it was sobering. I'm sitting there and thinking, man, this kid suddenly has an entire kingdom laid on his shoulders at eight years of age. Now, you know, eight years old, man, a kid, man, you, you would just want them to be responsible to clean their room, for goodness sakes. Uh, but, you know, to have a whole kingdom laid upon him uh, was incredible. But what happened was is that Josiah had a heart after God. There were some key things that took place during the first few years of, his, of, his, uh, of reign. And uh, one of the scribes in the temple actually found the book of the law one day, the Mosaic law. I mean, it was, it'd been missing for a long time. They didn't even know it was there, let alone had they ever read this book to understand who the God, their God was and what they needed to do to serve him. Now they found this book and imagine, you know, they're, they're looking around in the back storeroom of the temple, you know, and they find this book there and they grab it and just dust it off. How many know sometimes like your Bible needs to be dusted off, uh, you know, and just so we can get it out and begin to use it again in our lives. And, uh, and, and so they find this and they're like, oh, wow, this is, this is incredible. This is amazing. This is, this, is, this is the God of our heritage. This is the God of our history. So they take it to King Josiah and they read it before him. As they're reading it, he realizes, man, we are not living in any way, shape, or form what this, what this scroll is trying to show us about this God that we're meant to serve. So he, the Bible says he gets up and he tears his clothes, which in, in, in those ancient times meant, man, I've, I've been in wrong. I, I'm in repentance. He tears his clothes up. A little bit like if you're an Englishman on Thursday morning after England got knocked out of the World Cup. Get up and no! Yeah, many shirts were torn. Uh, but uh, we just see 
we see that, uh, you know, Josiah is so moved. He's so moved in repentance uh, by what, what he reads and what's being read to him uh, from uh, the scroll or the Mosaic law. So 2 Kings, this is what he does, chapter 23, verses 2 to 3. And the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the prophets and all the people that, uh, from the least of the, to the greatest. There the king read them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence and pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all his commands, laws and decrees with all his heart and soul. In this way, he confirmed all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll and all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. How many know this is a great day? It's a great day in Israel. And, uh, and Josiah gets the whole nation before him. They read the entire book of the law and, uh, and the people pledge themselves to the covenant. And I've got two quick keys that I want to share today in regards to what Josiah did to lead the people back to worship and back to surrender to their God. And the first is this. He led them to the Word. He led them back to the Word of God. How many know the Word of God is key to a life of worship? Do you believe that today? It's key to a life of worship. We think about the Word and we look at God's presence. And I love this fact is that God's presence and God's Scripture are are one. It's not like you can have the, the presence of God and you don't need the Word. And it's not like you can have the Word And you don't need the presence of God and you don't need the Holy Spirit. They are one and the same. God's presence and Scripture aren't separate. They coexist. They coexist. And said if it's all spirit and no word, then there's no grounding. There's no grounding on the nature of God and and His ways. If it's all word and no spirit, then it's all law and drive and, and there's no oil on the gears, so to speak. We need the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit that interprets and brings the Word to life. Brings it to life in us and gives us revelation. See, we, we want the Holy Spirit and the Word there together. They are one. You cannot have one without the other. Now, I love what Philippians says about the Word of God. Philippians 2.16 says, Hold firmly to the Word of life. Hold firmly to the word of life. This means that the word needs to be more than something that we just read every now and again. It needs to be something more in our lives. How many know the the word of God is living and powerful? And, And when we look at Refresh in this series, this is about our heart to surrender to God. And, and it's a heart that says, Lord, your word is living and powerful. I want to hold fast to your world. I want to hold on to the word of life in my life. I want it to be a part of my world. I love what Martin Luther said. He said, when the scripture speaks, God speaks. When the scripture speaks, God speaks. How many know that it'd be, it's great to be able to hear the voice of God in your life? If you struggle to hear the voice of God in your life, it's okay. Just open up your Bible. Just open up your Bible. Just begin to read it. The Word of God, and you just pray, Holy Spirit, reveal to me. Teach me. 
Show me what you're trying to tell me from your word. If you want to hear God's voice, if you want that closeness to be close and to know and hear His direction, then open your Bible. You're going to hear His voice. You're going to hear it's written right there in front of us. Because God will never speak anything spiritually to us that contradicts His word anyway. They are one and the same. He'll never contradict His own word. Never returns void unto Him. The Word of God is living and powerful. And I love that this series is about the heart, the chase after God. It's chasing after the nature of God and knowing God. And the key to worship is knowing our God. And if we want to know God, we need His Word in our lives. You want to know the nature of God? It's the Word. See, I love what Psalm says of David speaking about Moses. It said, uh, the people of Israel... Uh, knew, knew the acts of God, they knew the wonders and the signs, but Moses knew his ways. The people knew the acts, wow, it's incredible, oh wow, healing, the sea parting, miracles, signs, wonders, they saw it all, but Moses knew God. Moses knew God. See, how many know that we live in such a great age that we can know God for ourselves? We have a relationship because of what Jesus has done at the cross and his resurrection. We have a direct relationship, direct line through the Holy Spirit to know God. And if we have the power to know the God that created the heavens and the earth, why do we sometimes get so busy that we don't have the time to spend it with him? Sometimes we just get so full. We just have so many things going on in our world, but we have to make time. I mean, everyone say make time. We're going to make time for God, don't we? We're going to schedule it in. We're going to make sure that we can schedule. Man, we live in such a day of technology. And my phone, it beeps at me all the time telling me stuff. Remember to call that person. Remember that meeting's on at 10 o'clock. Remember this is happening. It's talking to me all the time. Let me know that you can actually schedule in your alarm and wake up to pray and read the Word. You can, you can schedule in times in your day to be able to seek the face of God. Hey, if you want to know God, then get into His Word. See, clear vision comes from great revelation. Clear vision, you want sight in your life? You want to know God? You want to know His heartbeat? Clear vision comes from great revelation. And great revelation is from the Word of God. The Word of God. And we want to dig into that Word. And this is what Josiah did. Josiah had the Word read to him. He had a revelation of God. He had a revelation. Suddenly his eyes are opened up. His heart is open up. His mind is open up. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know this God. I didn't even know His ways. I'm going to tear my clothes in repentance and say, Lord, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. I have a revelation of who you are. See, when the Word is read in our lives, it will always give us a revelation of the God who created the heavens and the earth. It gives us a revelation also of His holiness of His majesty, of His power, of who He is. It reveals who God is, but the Word of God also reveals where we're at as well. Reveals our position, doesn't it? Reveals the state of our heart. And see, God's holiness is not something to be afraid of. We should never be afraid of God's holiness. We should desire it. We should desire God's holiness because God is holy. And when we come near into his presence, yes, 
we see and experience and feel His majesty and His holiness. And, and yes, it also reveals our position in comparison to His holiness. But that's okay. It should not be something that causes us to run away. It should be something that causes us to run near, to come near, to draw close to God. Yes, it may mean that sometimes it does reveal some sin in our lives. It does reveal some things that are out of whack in our lives. But that's okay because the Holy Spirit convicts. He does not condemn. See, condemnation is you're bad. You've done all the wrong thing. I don't want you near me. That's not God. God's conviction is, hey, those things, they've separated you from me. But man, I'm doing everything to get you close to me. And I, I need you to, yes, acknowledge it and deal with it, repent of it, so you can come near. You can come close. How many know we have the, we have the, the right now through the blood of Jesus Christ to come near to God, to draw near to who He is, to know Him, to know Him for who He is. See, God wants to imprint His nature on us. He wants to imprint His holiness on us. See, we live in a culture, in a world right now, that, man, we don't really see. We see the, 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 the effects of sin, and we see the effects of God's holiness not imprinted on sections of society, on decisions that people make on government, on all sorts of different areas. But how many know you and I, we're called to carry His holiness. We're, to, we're called to carry His presence and carry His anointing into your workplace, into your business that you lead, into your university, into your lecture. Maybe you're a professor, you lead that lecture, into any area. Maybe you're a doctor today and you're in a hospital system. How many know we need God in that area? We need to bring God in that place. And, and, and God's holiness, yes, it may convict of sin, but God's holiness draws people to Himself. And that's what we want to do. We want to draw people close to who God is. See, I want to encourage us today, church, let's be people that dive into the Word. We have the opportunity to know God through His Word, to know who He is. Any person, you may have been saved three weeks ago. It doesn't matter. You get a chance to get on a journey of knowing God. And, and we're, we'll get, we've got a Bible. You've probably been given one already. If you gave your life to Jesus here at City Edge, you would have gotten a Bible from us. You would have gotten a pack from us to help you on the journey. But we've got things like Alpha that can help you uh, understand the early stages of the Word of God, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to be in church community, what it's all about. They're beginning points. I want to encourage us today as well. If you want to learn to read the Word of God, hey, get involved in a life group. Get planted in a life group. Come along. In our life groups, the Word is always there. There's always prayer. There's always Word. And we open up the Word. We dig into the Word. And it will teach you how to pray, how to, how to get in and understand the Word of God. And, and, and I want to let you know now. Let's just make it easy right now. Nothing's silly. Nothing's too stupid if you're at a, at a life group and you say, hey, this is what I was thinking about this scripture. I want to let you know, hey, you can come and you can talk about what you're thinking about the Bible. There's room. There's space. There's room for you to come because we want to discover God's word together because we want to discover God together. That's the power of it. And encourage us to get into the word. Hey, read a daily plan. Get, get on the YouVersion Bible app and, and, and start a program. There's plans on there. If you've never downloaded YouVersion, you can get it on your phone. You can get it on your device and you can begin to let the Word speak into your life. I want to encourage you today. Let's dive into the Word. The next thing that Josiah did is he led them back to prayer. He led them to the Word, 
But he led him back to prayer as well. 2 Kings 23.3 says, The king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. Josiah renewed the covenant. He renewed the covenant between God and man. He renewed it. See, the covenant is an agreement between God and man. That's the beautiful thing about the covenant that God has for us. Now, it's, it's a covenant. It's not a contract. All right? There's a difference between a covenant and a contract because a contract is that both parties get to negotiate with a contract, don't they? See, it, it, and this is not a contract. See, with a covenant, God sets the terms. God sets who he is. God sets his nature. God sets uh, his, his plans, his desires, the way he wants us to live that draws us closer to himself. God sets that. And we come in in agreement to say, Lord, I surrender my heart. I'm coming into agreement with your covenant. Agreement. See, Jesus Christ paid the price at the cross, shed his blood so that humanity could come back into agreement with God again. That we could come back into relationship. And I know some of you out there, oh man, do you have to give up control? Do you have to give all that stuff? Do you have a mind of your own? Uh, no, I want to let you know that God has given us our mind. He's given us our dreams. He's given us those things inside of us. But I tell you what, if we want to walk the best life you've ever lived, that life is a life surrendered to the God who created us. Your life is far better when you surrender. When you come into covenant with God. And, and there's a power in this is that, is that Josiah led them back to covenant again. And what happens in prayer? When we pray, we are coming back into agreement with the covenant that Jesus shed his blood for. We're coming back into agreement with that. Hey, how many know that there's so many things that try to get us to agree with them? There's things around us all the time, isn't there? You might have financial pressures. And those financial pressures, they, they are asking you to agree with them. The finances, man, oh man, it's a crisis mode. I, I don't know what to do. I'm so stressed out. I don't know what to do. And those finances, they're looking for agreement. They're looking, now money is just a thing. But it, it matters with the fact of, are we agreeing with the negativity of the situation? Are we coming into prayer in faith with Almighty God, who is the source of all things, and saying, Lord, I'm not agreeing with the problem. I'm agreeing with your promises. I'm agreeing with the promise. I'm agreeing with you today that you're the source. No matter what's going on, I know that you're going to grant me the wisdom. I know that you're going to grant me the guidance through your word, through your Holy Spirit, to help me navigate this situation. Because I choose to agree with you and not the problem. And sometimes we may have issues in our lives, family issues that are going on. And man, there's a demand for agreement, isn't there? There's a demand that, oh, there's problems, there's issues, I can't sort this out with my kids. Oh man, my marriage, what am I going to do with this situation? Man, how do I solve this problem, these issues right now? And it's demanding our agreement. It wants our agreement. But when we come to God and we unite our heart with His covenant, with, with who Jesus is, with His Lordship, we're agreeing and saying, Lord, I know you've got the answers. I know that I come in faith. I let go. Yes, these things need to be solved, but I'm coming into agreement with you. Maybe there's, maybe there's sickness in your body. You need healing in your body. And that sickness or that pain has tried to demand you to agree with it and not with the miracle power of Jesus Christ. 
And God wants our heart to come and say, Lord, no matter what's going on in my situation, I'm coming into prayer to agree with you. See, prayer is about agreement. It's agreeing with God. It's bringing God into our every situation of our lives. And so when we come into prayer, this is about taking time, church. Taking time in our lives. Uh, if, we want, if we want God in our situation, if we want God in our business, if we want God in our marriage and family and, and our lives, then we've got to take time to be in His presence, to draw near to Him. The Bible says in James 4, 8, come close to God and He will come close to you. And see, when we take that time, I want to encourage us today to take the time to be in His presence. You may not know how to pray. That's okay. There's people here in life groups. We know how to pray. We have Tuesday morning, every Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. We come here, and there's a whole stack of us as a church. We come and pray here in the church. From 6 to 6.15, we have coffees and tea and connect. And then from 6.15 to 7, we pray. We worship God, and then we pray for 45 minutes. If you want to know how to pray, then come. 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 Don't stay where you're at. You may not know how to pray right now, but one thing I've learned is that there's a power in agreement. And when we come, and you come into agreement, and you stand alongside someone. This, when I was learning how to pray, I was a young man. I grew up in Innisfail Christian Outreach Center, now INC, Harvest Church. And when I grew up there, as a young man, to learn how to pray, I used to go and stand beside the pastor, or my youth pastor, or one of, one of the crew around me. And I would just listen to what they said, and I would just say what they said. I'll say what they said. And then we talk about it afterwards until I learned to understand. I was only even 10 at the time, just learning, 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 understanding. How do I pray? How do I pray? See, I love God so much. When I was able to get a bike, my pastor, thank God for men of God that believe in the next generation. My pastor gave me a key to the church because I was too loud of a prayer. My mom and dad were like, man, you got to find someone else to pray, boy. <laughs> You're loud. That's okay. You might be a quiet prayer. I get, I get a little bit loud. It's okay. I get excited, passionate. And uh, so I came down. I used to get into one of the rooms and pray, seek God. I learned to seek His presence. I had encounters with God in that place as a teenager. I'd come in. No one was there. No one was there. And the Holy Spirit would meet me in that place wow. he would meet me there and I have countless countless memories of encounters where I met God where I learned to hear his voice I learned to tap in to the Holy Spirit to learn how to make decisions how to lead when I didn't understand and I didn't know because I was maybe it was confusing and I didn't know what to do Holy Spirit Holy Spirit what are you saying what are you saying? Where's the peace? Where's, this, where's the peace? And because I learned as a teenager, now as a man that leads, I know his voice. I know as soon as, it, as soon as he speaks to me, as soon as he gives me a dream, as soon as he speaks to my heart, or show me pictures, I see it. I know. See, if you want to know God, you can know him for yourself. You can. God wants to talk to you. God wants you to know him. He wants a relationship with you. See, our worship, our desire, our desire to be with Him. Oh, man, man. 
Sometimes we think, man, I'm so tired. I just want to sit down and watch Netflix. I just want to chill and veg. And that's okay every now and again. But don't let that be a replacement to your time with God. Man, I've I got Netflix. I, watch, I like a movie here and there. I, I don't mind it. It's cool. It's cool. But it never replaces that time with God. Maybe you're, you're, you need answers right now. Decisions need to be made. You need to hear God's voice. I want to encourage you, come into His presence. But Paul, I don't know how to pray. Hey, come, learn. In a life group. If you want to come to Tuesday morning, come, learn to pray. Learn to hear His voice. Because God wants to communicate with you. The power of prayer is that it's a two-way street. I mean, if you got on the phone and, and I rang you, imagine I rang you and I just talked the whole time. And it's like, and you couldn't get a word in edgeways, all right? And I'm like, hey, for, you know, 10 minutes, and I've said all the things I want to say. Great talk, see ya. I mean, it's important that prayer needs to include listening as well. Praying. And there's task elements to our prayer. We pray for our family, pray for the church, pray for the needs. We pray for things. But there's also a fellowship side to prayer. We've got to just come into the presence of God and know God. Because because God doesn't want us to go, wham, 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 there's all my task. And then, you know, God's like, what, what about me? I just want to talk to you. And we've got to have the element of our prayer life where God can talk to us. Some of your greatest decisions right now are in your secret place. They're in your secret place. In your, maybe in your bedroom where you pray or in the bush if you go out or you go down to the beach. I don't know where you go to, to get with God and find God and pray and worship, read the word. No matter where that is, that's your place. We've all got to have a place, don't we? That's why Jesus said, you know, when you, when you pray to the Lord, Matthew 11, I, go into your room, close the door behind you. What's he saying? Close the door behind you? What's the problem with the door open? Yeah. You know, what he's trying to say is find that space with God. Find that place where it's you and God. This is prayer. This is what it's all about. And God wants to call us to that place. Amen.